Moed, welcome back to the Magic Moed podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe and like. I sound like an absolute YouTuber now, or a big plonker. But yeah, we really need your subscription. But stick with us for 2020. How are we all doing? On a cracking interview today. This is with a guy that's really been inspirational to me, Steve Thompson, aka Big Daddy Digital. Uh, Steve is a brand, a uh, personal brand expert, a uh, heart brand evangelist. We became friends on Facebook, I like some of his stuff, or on Instagram, he like mine, I like his, but I love the work that he does. So I got him on today to kind of tap into that awesomeness and the brilliance that he has, you know, about promoting your, your heart brand. I'm all about that. Mine is uh, Stories Having the Power to Inspire for the podcast, but my personal one is love and kindness. So today we just kind of talk about his inspirations, his journey, some tips and advice. We talk about spirituality. We kind of talk about all sorts. There was a lot packed into this interview. Uh, he's a fantastic guy and I really believe that the stuff that he talks today about, you can spread across any kind of profession, any interest that you're interested. It's all the same. Be yourself, be who you are and that will lead you to wherever you, whatever you deem as successful for, your, for yourself. I took loads from that interview today. So yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the interview. As always, thanks to my Royal Rooney Graphics, Liberty Photos, Andy uh, runs Liberty Photos. You need any photographs done for weddings, bar mitzvahs, 24s, parties, selfies, or any kind of event communions that are coming up now in May and April, is it? That's when the communion season kicks off. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thanks to you for sticking around. As always, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on iTunes, all the podcast servers across the way. Anything else? Am I forgetting anything else? Uh, just like, share with family and friends. And as always, I'll ask you to mind your little self. Have a fantastic day and hopefully enjoy the interview. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bourke. On the show today, I'm fucking super excited. Uh, my special guest today, Steve Thompson, a.k.a. Big Daddy Digital. Steve, what's the crack? I'm good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm absolutely buzzing to do this interview. I couldn't wait to, to speak to you all day. Cool. Awesome, man. I've been looking at your um, your Instagram today, and it's been really, really interesting. I got hooked on one of your videos. Yeah, were you impressed with one? The one you've been have you been away for the weekend, and you've been yeah. on a, a, a retreat. Holotropics, yeah, fucking yes. crazy that was. So what's Brilliant. that all about? Uh, it's this process of going into an altered st- uh, altered consciousness through music and breath work. So you spend 45 minutes breathing really fast to a certain beat of the music, goes on for three hours, and then it brings you into a state of uh, altered conscious. You never lose consciousness, but you go into this deep consciousness as which is altered and it goes deep to it un- unfolds memories that you might have uh, buried away a long time ago. Wow. And how did you find that? Uh, it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best things I did. Now, I've done a lot of counselling, I've done a lot of reading and work over the last, say, 10 years on my mental health, my past and all that. But this, everything was at an intellectual level. Now, I touched some feelings for years, but this brought me to, to a very sad place and an unearth and allowed me to express those feelings. Fantastic. So, uh, it's, yeah, it, it was lovely now. I can say it sounds as scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just a match, Steve. It was the stuff before and after, you know, it was the set yeah. setting, the people, the environment, the coffee conversations, the, the bonding, the relationships. I'm actually going to do a whole kind of in, uh, podcast piece on it myself 
and then I that just mapped the whole weekend. Yeah, that, I was that, really good. Uh, let, let me know as soon as you, you as soon as you do that because I would love to listen to it. Yeah, it's fantastic. A mate of mine, uh, Debbie Collins, she's a facilitator on it. She brought okay. me into it. You know, uh, it's really what I needed in my life. You know, I've come a long way, and this was kind of like the icing on the cake. You know, fantastic. Yeah, but look, it's like what you do. It's all in service of ourselves and service of our community, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, no, enough waffle about me. <laughs> Guys, I've asked Steve to come on the show today. Steve is a personal brand expert, but he's also a heart brand evangelist. Where did you come up with that one? Evangelist, I love it. Do you know what? It was, oh, let me, what's the guy's name? The guy's name, um, Guy Kawasaki. Yeah. So a guy Kawasaki, um, he was, um, I don't know how he, the phrase was, but it, he, he was a, whatever it was, evangelist for Apple. Yeah. And I just liked the way I, you know, literally I, I Googled it. I was like, what does it mean? And it's very much a, what's in here and, and it's the way to live by it. And that's so, and I thought it would spark a bit of conversation and it clearly has. Um, but for me, your heart brand is very much, it's, I do I do it on different levels. So I'm quite a spiritual guy myself. Um, and I look at how I can bring spirituality into business yeah. because I think that that's a new wave of what is coming, even though for me, it's been here for years, but I think it's being missed out of business. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about happiness and empathy and this, that, and the other. But for me, it's a completely different level. And what I do when I work with people is, um, whether it be small businesses, corporates, or personal brands, we ch- we bring the the brand, so the essence of the brand, complete, you know, the heart brand, from the top down, so that the CEO, the owner, the founder of the business is sharing what their macro voices through the company, and then we use the micro voices of the employees to bring that ethos through the business but actually put their own spin on it with their own personal brand so their own ma- uh, micro voice oh, so that actually fantastic. you're using the employee's personality who are you know literally your foot soldiers who are facing you know it's, it's been like being in the police you know it's, it's the whole thing it's about using your your troops to to deliver that message but it comes from a, a place of literally inside your body. So I would say to you, if we were working together, okay, I'm going to put my hand in your chest. I'm going to rip out your heart. I'm going to hold it in my hand. I want to know what the beat says. And that is it for me. And then once we start to work on that, we start to work on the voice of the business, the, the company, the brand, the messaging, everything. But the, the sort of um, the public health warning is when we start doing that, that's actually really uncomfortable for people to start off with because you have to be quite vulnerable but once you get through work through that process um it's epic and you never then need to market your business or think about how you're going to market your business again because everything is intuitive they're, they're your true values and core being mm. then you've identified who you who you are that's your 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 code that's your your hard managed yep. thoughts unbelievable yep. but let's uh steve let's take it back a little bit where where did you come from to bring you to today? A little background on that. So let's see. Um, right. I, I mean, I, it all starts really, really quite deep because uh, even to when I was a young kid. So I look at, you know, I had some trials and tribulations. You know, my 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 dad died when I was eight years old of cancer. My mum remarried. Um, 
My stepdad became my best friend six or seven years later. I had new siblings in the family. Mum had, you know, mum had a baby. Um, I started a new school. It was, it was like my childhood and my youth were like the entrepreneurial journey up literally like that, like a heartbeat monitor. And, and then I moved to Lowestoft in Suffolk when I was 16. By 17, I was living by myself. And I just grew up really, really quickly. Um, and then from like 18 to 23, I was in sales and marketing roles within quite large businesses. And then I joined the police when I was 24. And that was my wow. life goal. I wanted to be a policeman. I just wanted to serve. And it was really interesting because I was actually asked this question today about why did I join the police? And I said, I just want to give back. I said, over my over a period of my life, especially in my teens, a lot of people gave to me. You know, I had some amazing teachers. Um, I had some great youth workers in my life, and I just wanted to repay them and the world for the support they'd given me. Because there are so many times, you know, I was a 17-year-old lad in a town where my 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 stepsister who i was living with her and her family split up so actually i was living by myself at 17 i was living off 36 pounds a week in a one-bedroom flat and doing my a-levels and my mum and dad were 300 miles away and this is not and this is 1994 1995 i was and i was having to run my, my little my little flat off 36 pounds 80 a week so I just wanted to give back because I had a great youth worker. I had some great teachers through high school and then through into sixth form. And it was, that's the reason I joined the police. Um, and the, the chief inspector then who was on my final interview panel, she said, I would love you to be in the job, but I'm really concerned. It's going to change you. You're a lovely man, but I'm just concerned. It's going to change you while I was there pitch. No, it's not going to change me. I'm going to be fantastic. I'll do this. I'll do that. And she, and they gave me a chance and they let me in. And I served for a few months, just short of 10 years. And it absolutely changed me. It ruined me. It broke me. And really? then when I, yeah, it did. Wow. It, it changed who I was. I was never off duty. Um, I was always a policeman. I had two stepsons at a time and they weren't exactly um, good boys, should we say. And, <laughs> uh, and, and that caused me grief. And then trying to deal with a conflict. My ex-wife was 10 years older than me. So trying to deal with her emotions at a different age and mine, just being a fresh police officer in my twenties, you know, I took on two, I had two stepsons by the time I was just literally two days before my 21st birthday, I'd just been given a ready-made family. Wow. So it was, it was, it's been a really interesting sort of from late teens to, you know, to my early thirties. And it's only the last four years that I've been, so I've run big daddy now for six years, but it's only been the last three and a half, four years where I actually like who I am, which is really weird because I've just had a really quite in-depth with with my, my, with my good lady. And she's like, you're so bloody binary. And I'm like, no, it might seem like she was, you're being really angry. I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just comfortable with me. And I don't care if people don't like me because that's fine. We're allowed to have that. I just want to <laughs> spend time with people. I want to spend time with people who I do like and who do like me. And if they don't like me, that's fine. I'm giving them their time back. You know, we, there's no room. Excuse my language. No room for bullshit. No fucking room for bullshit. Fuck that. Look, I'm all about energies, you know. I spend the time with the energy that matches mine. If the other mm. if the other one doesn't, it's no judgment. It just doesn't work for both people. 100%. So why not waste our why waste our time? And that's not a judgment, I promise you. I will feel off somebody 
I feel energy from you and I go, this yep. works for me. Yeah. And we've got something to offer each other. And if the other one doesn't, I just go, well, you do your thing and I'll do my thing. No problem. Yeah, 100%. And I had a real good experience at the start of the year where I received an email from someone who who I built a really good relationship with. But actually, yeah. the six months prior to that, every time they came to me, they came to me to take something from me. They, can you do this for me? Can you pass this on to me? Can I ask you a question? Can, and then there was no, and I, I, I explain it exactly the same as you. There was no exchange of energy. They were just sucking from me. And I just said to this guy, I said, you know what? He asked me for, to do something quite in depth for his business. And I just said, no, I said, the energy is off. And I said, I wish you all the best, but it's, it's time for me not to be involved in, in you and what you're doing. I said, you know, I wish you all the best for what you're doing. I said, but the, there is, there is no exchange of energy mm, we, um, what i have a saying for that steve is just heaters and hoovers in life yes so some people are just hoovers by nature and other people are just uh, heaters and you can just gain from them and you can be a shared collective learning you know yeah yeah i like it i like it at what point steve did you notice you know what i actually have skills to be an entrepreneur when did you kind of put your finger on the pulse on that one <sighs> So six years ago, I launched Big Daddy and it was originally um, I didn't even know I was doing it. I kind of fell into it. So I was working for Radio Norwich in Norfolk, the home of Alan Partridge. And um, and, and I was a, and I was a sales manager there. And my boss, Maggie, she gave me the opportunity. Um, it was six weeks before my actually. Where are we? I was made redundant six weeks before my daughter was due to be born. And then literally the week before she was due, I, I got the job started um and hit my first target using social media i used twitter and i used linkedin i was building rapport with people sharing the great news of the radio station and built up my own personal brand not realizing what it was i was just looking at i was just thinking okay i've got policing skills and i need to build a positive relationship so how can i bring them in so i just stalked people like i was a copper <laughs> <laughs> found out who i needed to speak to and then just gave them love on their social media and it was no more it was no more difficult than that and no more complex. It was just I'm gonna find out who you are, I'm gonna use my detective skills, and I'm gonna go and give you love on social media, share retweet your coat posts, have a conversation with you, you know, re show an interest. And there's four there's a four-letter word, and Gary Vaynerchuk uses it all the time. And it is well, he actually he did in his first book. He's he wrote a book called Crushing It. No, Crush It. It was the first one. And there's a chapter in there, and it's only four four letters long, and it says care. And I think it's chapter nine. <laughs> it was just embedded in me. Just care. So when I wrote, I, I co-authored a book a couple of years ago. Um, and my chapter in the book was um, Santa is the greatest salesman on social media. And it's and the, and the the key point to it is because he cares. If you look at every, if you watch every Christmas advert, anything around Father Christmas, it's, it's all around, it's all about caring. And when they get that care piece right in the in the advert, the advert hits home. A few years ago, it was, it was Marks and Spencer. You had Father Christmas go out and do his bit, and then Mrs. Claus was in a helicopter, and the whole thing around it, it just it, they nailed it. So yeah. for me, it was just about I go and give love, and I care for people. They invited me in for a coffee. It wasn't because they wanted to buy radio from me. It's because they wanted to know how I was doing what I was doing to gain their attention. They then said, I shared it with them for free. I give all my content away for free. And then they people were saying, well, can you do that for us? 
And then I said, well, I can show you how to do it. I'm currently employed. I showed them what to do. They realized it was too much work. And then they said, we would like to hire you. So I started running my own business alongside the day job. Literally from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. was a typical American side hustle. And I was just running people's social media literally for a few pounds, a few hundred quid. And then I got to a point where after there was a we had an awards ceremony and I ran it with my boss. It was the local hero awards. The first time it was ever run. And it was the it was the night of that local hero awards because I was in a car accident the week before with my family. I came back for the hero awards and ran the awards evening with my boss. And it was our our supervisor, who was the chief marketing officer. He stood there at the entrance to the venue with the CEO with their big fat cigars and said, wow, didn't we do well here? And I nearly throttled him. And my boss had to pull me away. And I sat down the following day on the 1st of November with a big piece of paper. And I just dumped my transferable skills and said, how can I get out of this shithole? And it wasn't the fact it was a shithole. It was just that he was an asshole. And he, he would break, he would try and break everyone. And then he saw what I was doing. And then it came to, we had a sales training, piece of training at the end of January. And he, he basically told me, you need to stop using social media and you need to stop doing speaking with other businesses and this, that, and the other in this big daddy thing. There's a conflict of interest. I said, no, there's not. I said, I'm bringing, I'm working with people who can't afford radio in a bid to build their profile so they can afford radio. I said, I'm building my own sales funnel. I said, and every time you give me a sales target, I have hit it. I said, so because he said you can't measure the return on investment for social media. So stop doing it for the radio station. I said, "Okay." the return on investment is that I've hit every sales target since I've been here. And and on the 1st of November, when I did my um, when I sat down with. Um, you know, doing my, my brain dump on the piece of paper. I'd hit November's target. I'd hit December. I'd hit January. I was halfway through February. There's your return on investment. I'm forward selling for four months. And, and I do that now in my business. That's what keeps me. That's what keeps our business going. That's what keeps our cash flow up. You know, we forward sell for three, six, nine and 12 months. Fuck. And I, so I got myself a business coach who said to me, you're wasted here. Um, and he took me under his wing. And I and within within eight months from start to finish, I was out the radio station. I'd replaced my, my income and I was I was running. That's that's absolutely fantastic. He obviously had a serious problem with his ego. Mm. Uh, so this is ego driven. He yeah. bad business, big ego. Do you know what stands out to me, uh, Steve? And I see this with you and the work that you do. And I go back to the Santa Claus stuff. Mm. You say you care, but you genuinely care. I can smell that off you. The things you do on social media, you care. Now people could try copy that, but they probably wouldn't care as much as you do. And I think that's like Gary V. Is, is your secret sauce. Yeah, it, it is. I, I've got no judgment on anybody else. They do what they do. Um, I do exactly what I do. Um, I do it in my own way. Um, I understand that, you know, I, 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 leave, I, I like the expression success leaves clues. So I look at what people are doing and I'm very much a guy, but you know what? How can I do my version of that? Not how can I do that? How can I do my version of that? Because uh, and it's and it's what Tony Robbins talks a lot of. It's modeling success. Yeah. But you have to do it from you because yeah. trying to trying to be somebody else is hard work. It's tiring, and you can't keep it up. A hundred percent. Sure. Look, if I, I'm yourself and Gary V's love child. A bald <laughs> ginger kid yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I follow. <laughs> I follow the work you guys do. Like, you know, you really said to me with the stuff you put out, be authentic, be kind. Be, like, my brand is 
love and kindness, compassion and caring about people. Yeah. And I just do it in a different way to you guys. You know, and I, I watch the work that you did. You know, it's like anybody, you beg, borrow and steal from good coaches yeah. and design your own program. Yeah, yeah. And, and the right people will buy into you. They, yeah, from my community. They, yeah, they absolutely will. The right people are buying to you. And then it's, it's, it's then how you distribute your content. That's all it is. You know, people say to me, oh, you know, what do I put on Facebook? What do I put on Instagram? And like, you don't look at it like that. You look at your pillar piece of content and then how you break it up and distribute it, you know, and it's, and it's, but it's, it's, it's like this, you know, I say to people, you know, if, if anyone's going to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, or they want to start Facebook, a regular Facebook live or something like that, say, I don't want to, you know, I've got this idea. So just solve problems. What is, what is, what are you not so much passionate about, but what, what have you got a purpose what, what are you driven to do and then solve problems around that and then the first thing to do is just literally get a spreadsheet and just write a hundred problems in it that you solve that you can answer that you can give a result to and then start making content on that and just start it'll be dreadful to start with my first video i mean i look at the first video we did when i started the youtube channel and it's not big it's you know and i had a videographer at the time and he, i was giving him a chance and i was all right on it um, his editing style, you know, is about is very much was very much 1990s. But we, we, we did some videos together and they were OK. But when I lost the video editor, I then started doing it for myself. And unfortunately, I, I, my time and resources went elsewhere. So I'm like, OK, how can I do this? So but the, currently I'm now booking in people for my podcast, which I'm going to launch in January. And then my idea is, OK, what I'll do is I'll do a video summary of the podcast as my YouTube show, Deadly. you know, and it's just, you've just got to, people think, I, what have I got to put here? What have I got to put there? Just watch your pillar piece of content. So I will use the podcast as my pillar piece of content and my YouTube channel will be, I'm going to just do a face a camera summary of what's happened and then add some B roll in it, give them some takeaways, five to 10 minute video done. And it's how can you break things up and put them in different places? That's all it is. That's all marketing is. And then if you've got your heart brand, hell, you don't have to think about it. It just comes from here. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. What's your proudest moment uh, to date in business that you've achieved? Ooh. And why? Business in business and business. I suppose launching the business was a proud moment when I went solo um, because when I'd replaced that income, I knew that I had something and within, I left the radio station in the June and I was like, okay, I mean, and I wasn't earning, I was, I wasn't even, it wasn't even what I would call a salary. You know, I'd managed cause I was earning, I wanted to, I wanted to replicate 1500 pounds. Yeah. That's it. You know? So I got to a point where I'd replicated 1500 pounds and then I was like, Ooh, do I, if I leave, then I'm going to lose the 1500 pounds from the day job. But I, I quickly got over that. And then within six weeks, I doubled the business I was getting. So I'd gone from 1500 pounds to an extra 1800 pounds. And then I was like, okay, I'm on three grand a month. That's not bad for that. You know, how, how does this work? And then it just started to grow. And that, I think when I put, it was one of my proudest moments when I realized I could put the foot on the pedal and I could do a lot, but, one of my proudest moments still haunts me right now because it was at the detriment of my relationship. Uh, something always has to sacrifice, doesn't it? 
it does. But thankfully, and great, you know, 18 months later, I worked through that process with Catherine and we've, we're back together and gave it another chance. And we've been back together for about four years now. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. It, and it, it, it is brilliant. And that's what I've just said to her in the kitchen, ironically, is the fact that, you know, we're having a conversation about the relationship and, and business and how it is because she's just launching her business. And I just and she said, you know, you know, what was it that brought us together? Why we you know, it was really quite a heartfelt conversation. And I just said, I am grateful every day when I wake up that I got I've got to give I've been able to give our family another chance because I've already had one failed relationship, one failed marriage. And I don't want my six-year-old to go through what my 17-year-old daughter went through. And we do, and we, me and Catherine will sit there, might not be tonight, probably at the weekend, say, do you know what? We, are, we, we say to each other on a regular basis, easily weekly, that we are very, very happy and we're very, very lucky. And we're both very grateful for it. But tonight, we're having a bit of a Barney. <laughs> but I think that's really healthy too. Because you've got, you've got to get that stuff out as well. Oh, definitely. You've got to get it out. You know, uh, change communication, change relationships, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. The more you talk, no matter what it is, get it out, get it on the table. Because it's the stuff that's not said is usually the stuff that caused the problems. Yeah. Yeah. We, we massively agree with you on that. Come here. What, what, what failure has been your greatest teacher to date, would you say? Um failure this is an interesting question i think it's one it's not a specific thing it's more of a topic um i've cool. i'm found that i'm a very good listener but i'm also aware that sometimes i just i don't listen no that's not right i listen but i don't hear so when you know, yeah i'm taking stuff in from the client i'm taking stuff in and I'm making my notes and this, that, and the other. we're onboarding a new client but when you listen to what they're saying but you just don't quite hear what the challenge or the problem is and i've had it recently with the client this year and it was a point where i was i really was i like the guy was really really keen on working with him and it was fantastic but i didn't i heard what the challenge was and i knew where the challenge was going but i didn't mm -hmm. hear i didn't i suppose i didn't feel it because I was, um, and then within three months that opened up and I was like, I know it. I, oh, bloody hell. Three months ago, we talked about this and I not so much dismissed it, but there was a, it was a, it was around someone in the business being a problem and not having the confidence to do X, Y, and Z. And what yeah, happened yeah. was they didn't do X, Y, and Z and then blamed me for their failing. Um, because I, I suppose really I under, I under underestimated how much of a challenge it would be because I just wasn't getting that vibe. But actually, in hindsight, I was getting the vibe. I just ignored it. Oh, fuck. So it just good, go, go good lesson for me. Good, good lesson for me. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge difference between listening and hearing. Mm. You know, yeah, like you can nod, do be a non-dog, yeah, yeah, and you can take your notes at an intellectual level. But if you don't hear the, the intention of the words... Yep. You missed the fucking point, don't you? It's, yep. And it's, it, was, it was really interesting because then that's when I, as a result of that, I remember coming out of the, a meeting and I contacted uh, my colleague and I just said, I'm firing all our clients. She was like, you what? I said, I, I'm, I'm, this is, this is not right. 
Um, and I was, I was, we were changing, we were pivoting the business because we were Big Daddy PR, um, but we've not been a PR agency since the first year. And we've always dealt with in social media. And I said, this doesn't, this just doesn't fit with me and my, and my own heart brand and what we're doing right now. I said, and I, we were coming to the end of contract with two clients. And I said, I'm good. I said, I'm phasing those out and everyone else is going. I said, cause at the moment we're exchanging time for money and there is, and I, I, I know what I want to do with the business. I just need to articulate it well. So I took some time out and, um, and the way I'm working now, uh, we have been now over the last sort of four, four or five months is that we only work with businesses uh, that either a have a purpose or B want to develop a purpose through their business. Anyone else, if it's just a sales transaction, I'm not interested in. It's got to be something that is higher than them. So for, so to take us, for example, if someone said to me, we only work with purpose-driven businesses, I said, that's great. You could, we, are, we would fit within that for you because actually we align our business goals with the UN's global goals. And ours is, our key, key one is we want to improve quality. We want to provide quality education. So we want to help people understand and learn. So actually they don't need us anymore and they can run it by themselves. We want to build, we want to pull heart brand through a business's marketing, and we want to help them deliver their own message so that actually they can go off and do it themselves. We want to educate them. They may not want to. They may want to keep us on board because we do do such a damn good job, but we give them the tools so that they feel comfortable at every step of the way to do it. It's not then a business transaction. They're then hiring us for our purpose. Brilliant. It's like getting a nutritionist, you know, you don't want a fucking cash cow for all your life. You want you want to educate people around their nutrition or their, their training and then they go off and apply it themselves. You know, it's a shared learning, you know, you want to educate people. Yeah. Same principle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just need to put that into my own nutrition at the moment because I'm a bit of a fat git. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can share skills then. Absolutely. Oh, mate, absolutely. Do you know what? It's really funny because I, had a, I was on a podcast this morning and um, with a, um, a doctor and we were talking about that. And he said, so I noticed on, um, you know, we've had conversation before and, then, and I've seen your, your videos and this and the other. And I believe you had a heart attack. And I said, yeah, I did after my first bodybuilding show. And we talked about that and I went into that with him. And, uh, and it, was, it was quite an interesting conversation we had. Um, and then I, I started training again this year, but I pulled my back yeah. and now I've I've got such because I've got I've got a health condition which I have to deal with. Sometimes I have to take um, oral steroids for it, and it just makes me want to eat everything in sight. So whatever I lose, I put back on. (laughs) Oh no! I'm I'm addicted to sugar. Ah, sure. Look, get in there. Get in the queue. Uh, You know, it's human beings all over the world. What's What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Listen, it literally is this is is instinct. You, you're, you're, it's only now coming out in, in the world of knowledge and, and stuff that actually we have a brain in our gut. And I, and I truly believe that you should listen to it. If you get that funny feeling, that tingle, that sense, even if you hear your own voice talking to you, even if you have to just pause, you know, because it, just just go with it. And you know what? Sometimes it won't serve you right because you're not used to how to work with it. But I was a bloody good policeman. 
And every time I went with my gut and everyone said, everyone said, oh, it's, you know, it's policeman's superpower. This and that. It actually is. But it's intuition and it's listening to you. It's just going with that. It's literally a cliche. Go with your gut feeling. Because for me, it works. It works in business. And that's where going back to that mistake that I made. I didn't go with my gut. I went with this before this. And so that, I know it sounds a bit of a cliche and everyone's got access to it. It's just whether or not we listen or hear. Yeah, absolutely. What's here's one for you, and I always like this, and I was asked it lots of times. What's the best gift you've ever received outside your beautiful kids or your beautiful uh, partner? Is he a wife or partner? Partner, Catherine. We're engaged. My best. So, do you know what? It's funny because I would suggest this. My my two. Okay, there's two gifts. And the boat one is from my ex-wife and one is from my current partner. <laughs> and you know what? It was when DVDs first came out and we I got this DVD player. My ex-wife bought me a DVD player and she got me the she got me the DVD Gladiator and I played it on repeat over and over and over again. That movie Gladiator, there were so many stories and bits of philosophy that you can pull from it. it it's amazing. Um and then the other one is, and it's all it's it's all around tech. Is Catherine bought me completely out of the loop, complete surprise when they came out. She bought me my Apple Watch, and that literally I do everything with it. You know, the fitness stuff that comes from it, the fact that I can annoy my kids and play music from my watch, and they don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, my phone goes off and they freaks them out. Um, but yeah, I think f- f- those two things for me. But just because they were completely unexpected and at the time in my current life, it wasn't something that I would have bought for myself. Yeah, I just couldn't afford it. And no, it was really. just those two. Just because it was, it's, I suppose really it's the essence around them. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I watched a fantastic video you did there. I don't know how long ago it was. And you played the human songs, human to human. Could you yes. talk I love, I, I love that. Could we talk a little bit about that, actually? Which, which, so, it, was it the the song? He, when you played the song in the background in the video, yes. and then you fell down, you were talking about, you know, it's not A to C, or it's, it's H to H, human to human. Yeah, I don't believe anymore in business that we have B to B or B to C. There's no yeah. business to business, there's no business to consumer. It's human to human. Because there'll it. be no robot will make a buying decision. No robot is going to say, yes, I'll buy that from you. It's everything. Everything we do is emotional. It's interactional. It has to have a human involved. You know, everyone is scared of robots running the world and people losing jobs and this and the other. It's not going to happen. It just cannot happen because robots cannot. They just can't be emotional. I watched um, a couple of weeks ago. I was in Birmingham. And have you heard of Sophia the robot? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was she in Saudi Arabia or one of those countries? Or... Well, she was live on stage in front of me, about 200 metres ahead of me, in the same stage that Gary Vee was on. And she yeah. even said, she was, we, we're, we are no threat to, to the human race. She said, because, because robots cannot do emotion. And, and, and I, I 100% get it. And yeah. I, it freaks me out that people are scared of technology because the whole it's human to human it, you know or you, you know if some people call it person to person or whatever it is it's you're just bloody humans and you know if, if you go through you go through everything that we're going through now with what our kids are brought up with with technology and this that, and the other and social media and how it is 
it's not changed in the fact that we still have to have a conversation and we still need to spark up some rapport before anyone will do any business with us. Mm. And we've been doing this for tens and tens of years. So what's different now? Oh, because people look down and use thumbs. They're just kids these days are more sociable than I was ever as a kid. You know, if my friends weren't available, I'd go and stand against the wall and kick a ball at it. That's not sociable. Well, yeah. that was okay for me to do because I was outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't get this whole we used to do things different and it was better back then. I don't buy into all that fucking nostalgia bullshit, you know, because people used to read papers years ago and head in the papers on the on the bus. Uh, you know, pubs, smoking, drinking was a big culture. People, you know, there was so many contradictory things to say that everything was better back then. I don't believe that. No, I don't either. It was a, just a different way, you know. Yeah. And we've got to understand, especially with, with young people, is that we just do things differently. My daughter might have her head down on her phone, but she's talking to 20 different people at the same time on different platforms. And she's engaging with people and she's she's showing some people some love on their social media and having a conversation. But she'll still raise her head and I'll say, right, put your phone down. I'll put mine down. We're having dinner. You know, every Wednesday I take my girls out for dinner. And the the rule is when we're having food or whatever, we both put, we all put our phones away. If I'm if I'm accepting a call or I've got um, a meeting or something encroaches in that, I don't then say one rule for another for her. If I'm on my phone, then she she can be on her phone. But oh, when we're brilliant. eating or we're going to spend some one to one time together, we both put our phones away. Brilliant, absolutely and fantastic. It's just parenting, though, isn't it? We've been doing it for years. We're just doing it in a different way. Exactly. I just, yeah, people always look back with uh, rose tainted glass, don't they? And think absolutely. Rose. Absolutely. Yeah. Come here. What, what top tips would you have for young entrepreneurs starting off or even young podcasters from Ireland uh, and want to grow the podcast? <laughs> what tips would you have for them? Be so th- three things really, and they are my, and they're really my business values. The brand values are big, be authentic, be completely and unapologetically you you will upset some people to start off with or may not buy into you but then the right ones will buy into you and it will be relationship based and it will be based around love rather than liking the next one yeah. is make sure that you are providing them not you you are providing the audience whoever you serve with an impact so how can you impact them with what you're doing so if your interest is health and fitness how can you make a positive impact and measure it and then that leads into the next one, which is growth. How can you help them grow? Because you grow as a byproduct of that. And it's yeah. simply going into serving people. And it, so it's really being authentic. How can you give an impact? And how can that impact make them grow? Because if you're doing that, you're going to have the best piece of word of ma- best piece of marketing in the world, which is word of mouth. People will always talk about you. Yeah. So they would brilliant. be my they would be my key takeaways. And it's just <laughs> looking at then I suppose really is like, okay, how can I implement that through my brand? Top down, bring it through everything you do. Because when you do, when you do that, it's not difficult to talk about it. Yeah. It sounds very simplistic. I like it. And that's what I'm kind of doing. I'm modeling my my work like yourself, like Gary V. I'm trying to be authentic and I'm giving back to my community. I'm, I'm sharing my learning, whether it be mental health, nutrition, you know, anything I pick up in the work I do in brain injury rehabilitation, I try to give back so people learn whether it be a man or a woman, 
you know, whether it be about counselling, holotropics, the growth I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve my community. Yeah. I, I've always found that the best way for me to learn is to teach. So anything, yeah. anything I learn, I then share with my community. So people are always saying to me, why are you giving all your content away for free? And say, well, to be fair, 99% of the world won't take it on board. They won't, or they will, but they'll, they'll listen to it, but they won't do anything about it. And then they'll complain that it's too hard. But actually, while I'm teaching, I am learning too. I'm taking more of it in. I'm delivering it. Um, you know, I'll have, there's so many stories that I've shared with you, but they're part of my origin story. But every time I'm talking about them, I'm sharing them from a different perspective or I'm using them in a different way. And there's so many different ways that I can share my story. And while I'm, t while I'm talking about it, I'm teaching. You know, you asked me about what are the three things, authenticity, impact, and growth. They're my three things that I would share with everybody. But it will then be specific with each different person or business as to how we're going to do that. But so for me, it's if you, if you are teaching all of the time everything you learn, you learn more and retain what you need to and what resonates with you. And it just mm -hmm. builds the brand of you. Brilliant. Absolutely love it. Uh, who are your mentors and inspiration? Uh, mine are yourself, as I said, Gary V, and then I love Renee Brown. And I love all the kind of uh, heartfelt stuff. Who are your mm -hmm. mentors and inspiration? Gary Vaynerchuk, without a, without a doubt. Um, and it's, it's funny because over the years, or so, the last 18 months i've kind of come away from gary v gone back into him and it's only because i was get locally i was getting labeled as the uk gary v and i'm like i'm not i'm me um and if even my peers were coming to me oh you know you're norfolk's gary v and i'm like i'm really not can you just you know so that's why i kind of stepped away from his content a bit to find myself and then came back and he's still shouting the same content i'm like and i'm still shouting my content but gary v definitely i think if I look back and look across here, really, um, and say what, because I read a lot. So Gary V, Tony Robbins, I like um, a chap. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, he's not in the business space, although he's a businessman. There's a chap called Kyle Gray. Um, he is a, well, you look him up. He's a, he's a, he's an angel medium. He talks to angels. Uh, wow. Brilliant. He, He's been he's been doing it since he was a kid. I've got his I've got his latest well, you know it's not his latest it's his previous book. It's this one is connect connecting with angels. Connecting with angels. Oh, what's, yeah. What's his name? Kyle Gray. Kyle Gray. It's connecting with angels made easy, and it's a really good book. And it was new book angel numbers. You know when you 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 know when you're watching something or you 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 just see see like one one two two, or you see twenty one twenty one on a clock. Right, that's angels trying to communicate with you. That's so me. I see that all the time. Four, 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 yep. three, three, three. I wake up yep. during the night. It's four, four, four. Yep, that is angels talking to you. They're communicating with you. So if you get that, just go onto Google and type in what does angel number, and then type the number in. For every, for a long, long time, I um, I kept seeing the number thirteen twenty one, thirteen twenty one, and I knew what it was because it was my old shoulder number in the police. It will come up on clocks. It will come up on receipts. It will come up on my computer. And I would just see it there all of the time. Uh, and then you can, and then it's funny because you Google the numbers and you, it'll take you to an angel reading page. And then it'll tell you if you want, if you add this number and this number, and there's so many things that will resonate with you. Um, you when I started back in the gym in the summer, um, I was feathers everywhere. 
and I was talking to the girl that runs the gym, and I and I haven't been for quite a while, and I just said, "How are you doing?" Instagram, and she said, "Yeah, good." Sydney feathers lit recently. She goes, "You know, saying that." She goes, "I've not seen a feather in the gym since you've not been in." And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "That is cool," and I totally believe in angels. And that's how the name Big Daddy came about. It was literally, I was driving away from Radio Norwich one day and I felt this thud in the car, turned around and looked in the back seat and I was like, and then all in my head just came Big Daddy PR. And and I told the, I was telling the story of that to a uh, business owner at the school show in Birmingham at the NEC a few weeks ago. And he said to me, wow, so the, the name just dropped in the in the back of the car. You were given the name by an angel. And I was like, yeah, if I had said that to someone, they would think I was crazy. But actually, yeah, I was. Um, so I, for me, I like I, Kyle Grace. He's a very, very young guy. Um, I like what he. I like his written word. I don't follow him so much on social, um, but I follow, I follow him on Instagram. But I like his books um, because angels resonate with me. So for for that side of like spiritualism, because I'm quite you know I'm very much into that. I like Dorian Virtue and things like that. Um, so yeah. Kyle Gray, Dorian Virtue for spiritual stuff. Um, for business, it's Tony Robbins and and Gary V are my main ones. They're, they're my main focuses. It's so interesting. You were talking about angels. I was on the Holotropic weekend, and one of the ladies, she, she says that she uh, she hears uh, trees talking, animals talking, spirits talking to her. Now, if you had told me that five years ago, I would have told you to fuck off. You're crazy. Well, I was like, I believe that. I like if that if that's what's happening, that's what's happening. You know, I was I was like more power to you. Yeah, like, I believe the impossible. People now. are people are scared to are scared to talk about it. Um, I, I've got a spiritual coach. Um, I see her every month. And um, with um prior to that, we were good friends. And then she, I came under her wing about three and a bit years ago. And prior to that, I had another spiritual coach, um, who. I, who I did, I trained, I did my Reiki masters with her. Um, and now I think people need to be really more, really open to it. It's, you know, mindfulness and all that stuff is great, but actually going on a deeper level and accepting things and allowing it to come in. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you might think to yourself, Oh, if I did that, there might be this consequence, but actually there's a reason because, you know, I, I truly believe that your path is written before you're even bought, put on this planet. And we make, we make choices based on fact and what's in front of us, but sometimes it's going back to the intuition and the gut. We don't go with the intuition and the gut. So what we do is we go with our what's up here and what we're thinking and what, what we're bringing into existence, going quite deep now, and then we go off track. And that's what, and that's what causes a level of misery and an upset. But actually, because we're thinking about other people and the effect it can have and this, that, and the other, but it's good to be selfish sometimes. And mm. you, you go with your gut, go with your intuition, and and go with what is feeling right. Yes, you may make people sad and unhappy, but actually, there's a reason for it because you maybe shouldn't be in their life in the first place. Just yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Come here. What What are the common mistakes you see that people are making in business? You know, uh, on social media to not grow. What would you say the common mistakes are? They're not being themselves. They're clip. They're they're being false, and they're worried about the vanity metrics. You know, people say, "Oh, I need this many followers." Why do you need this many followers? Because you know. So I've got clients said, "I want to get to a thousand followers on my Facebook page." I went, 
Okay, you want to get to a thousand followers. I can get you a thousand followers overnight, but not going to be real. So why don't we go back and say, could you deal with a thousand new customers? And he's like, well, no, of course I couldn't. That's stupid. Why do you need a thousand followers then? Vanity metrics screw people's brains up. You know, if I looked at my, if my Instagram account now, it's got 4,700 and something people on it. If each one of those bought for me, uh, I would be like a pig and shit. But they don't. You know, I wouldn't need another customer. If each one of them spent £100 with me a month, brilliant. You, you need to build a following, but actually you need to look at quality rather than quantity. I'd rather have a 1,000 people that bought from me than 10,000 people who just for my stuff and maybe gave me the odd occasional laugh. It's, it's, it's the, stop worrying about vanity metrics. You know, I, I've got a Facebook group called Tea with Steve, and I've just put, and I put a video out there yesterday saying, right, guys, I want to know who wants to be in this group. Because I want to serve you. If people don't want to be in this group and they're all oh, not going to leave because it's Stephen, don't care about that. Don't worry about that. Leave. You know, I'll put it out to you. Everyone's going to get a direct message from me between now and the new year to say, do you want to be in this group? If you do, just give me a thumbs up. If you don't, then that's fine. I will, and I'll remove you and the, I will, you will not be judged if the group's not right for you. Because you want that group to have could have just 50 people in it, but 50 people who are getting something from it, I can serve them. Because actually the Facebook group over last year has brought in somewhere in the region of about twenty two to twenty five thousand pounds worth of business. So it doesn't but not all not all the people in there are bought. It's a it's a group, a, 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 you know, a specific group of around a hundred people who are cons, who are consistent within the group over a over a period of time. So actually it doesn't matter that you've got a huge group. I mean, a friend of mine, Shah Wasmond, have you heard of Shah? She no. was the so Shah Wasman was behind um, Chris Eubank in the in, in the PR days, and she was behind Dyson Hoover's. She's got a community called the Freedom Collective. There's twelve thousand members in there, but she's been on Facebook recently doing the same thing as what I'm doing, saying, you know, who wants to leave? Who wants to come out of it? Let's get the group active again because actually, the people who are not seeing the posts are the people who are not engaging in the posts because the algorithm isn't showing them the posts. So it's get away from vanity metrics. They don't serve you. Yes, I've got 10,000 members in my group. Who cares? I've got 36,000 followers on Twitter, but they don't bloody talk to me anymore. It's vanity, vanity metrics will crush people because then it'll be like, oh, I've got 30. Yeah, it's, I've got 36,000 followers on Twitter, but they don't talk to me. Oh, my God, I must be really bad. No. It's just that the algorithms change, the platforms change, your content's not as quite as good, or they're not interested in you anymore. They're just not, they're just not on Twitter or whatever it might be. Stop worrying about vanity metrics. Worry about the quality over the quantity. Sorry, I went on a bit then. <laughs> no, I fucking love it. You've, you've nailed it because I've been chewing that bone for a while, thinking I need to grow, I need to grow, I need to grow. Uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, blah blah blah. You know, it's 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 come a little bit of an annoyance for me, but then it, I keep coming back to quality of content, quality of content. Who am I serving? Yep. What am I serving? And stay focused on the people. You know. Yep. Be quality of content and be consistent yeah that's and, a great and, one. and they and they will come people will talk about you there will be word of mouth you know since i stopped worrying about oh my numbers my numbers my numbers um my numbers have just gone up yeah i love it love it come here how do you how do you continue to self-develop and grow you know do your own self-development and growth what do you do to, to keep that going and stay relevant um, so for me, I, I, I have a routine where I take in a, I take in content every day. So my morning routine is very much I get up in the morning, 
clean my teeth, go come downstairs, pint of water, put the kettle on, and then before the rest of the family are up, it's the only time I touch my phone. I usually don't I don't touch my phone yeah. before apart from for this one thing before nine o'clock. Because my time between as soon as I get up to my um to nine o'clock is my family's time. So breakfast, you know, doing the school run. But I have to use my phone because it's the only way I can get access to what I'm about to tell you without taking a laptop into the shower with me. And I literally go open YouTube and I and whatever is on there based on what I've been telling YouTube that I like to watch, I consume. So I consume something that is positive and motivational. I just put it on in the shower, stick it on the side, press play, turn it up and I consume that for 15 minutes. So I know the first thing that's going in my head in the morning is something positive that's going to help me grow. I don't care who it's by because I know usually it's going to be someone like uh, Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk or Les Brown or, you know, um, Bob Proctor or someone like that. It's going to be because that's what I've been consuming over over the weeks and months and years. So YouTube just gives me more of what I'm taking in. So I make sure that I, I listen to something while I'm in the shower cleaning and I just listen to it it's on aimlessly. I go and get dressed, whatever I'm doing, I'll leave that on until I'm ready to get the kids up about half past seven. Brilliant. You just absorb it into your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think about it. I just don't even think about it. And I just let it come in. Unless something just catches me. I'm like, oh, I must just listen to the rest of that. But I, yeah. I usually just, it just subconsciously goes in. Yes. Um, and and then the other thing I do, which drives the, you know, so it drives the guys mad that work with me directly is um, if I'm working on something, and I just need to, you know, you, you know, you know, when you just, you need to get in the zone. Um, I listen to OM music and I'll just stick it on YouTube and it'll and literally Nat who comes into the office and works here with me sometimes. Um, I'll just put OM music on for eight hours and I am in the zone. And she's like, and you, you literally, just, it's just, um, it's that. And it's like, and, and I've got. And there's two particular ones that I've got on YouTube. I play it in the background. One's a three-hour and one's eight-hour. And she sat, so she sits here in the back with, with her headphones in, listening to 70s and 80s music and doing all this. And I'm just like in the zone, going for it, doing what I'm doing. And it's just, oh. Um. <laughs> oh, wow. But it, it just it, it's, it just chills me out. Yeah, well, that's unreal. I, when I was into party days, I used to listen to 10 hours of saxophone. This is a guy playing <laughs> saxophone for 10 hours. Just keep looping, 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 looping. Yep. At least yours being productive. Mine was a recreational purpose. <laughs> uh, Steve, you're an absolute leader in your field uh, you. in the work that you do. What do you believe are the, the, the quality characteristics that a leader should have in them in life? Hon honesty. My main one is honesty, and I think for so it's. So I was, when I was in the police, I think I, I, I had to toe the, the party and the corporate line. And that's when I realized I didn't fit in because I was and the same when I go back to Radio Norwich as well. You know, I didn't fit into that mold. Uh, it's because I had this level of honesty with inside me. If something wasn't working, I would talk and try and share fix, I suppose. Um, but I think, you know, to be a leader, you need to be honest with people. You know, I've, I've been with a coaching client today and it's it's refreshing that she's ex she accepts the level of honesty from me because she said to me i said you, you sent me an email across I went, yeah and with everything we talked about last week i said she, i said yes and she said and i said but steve and i know all of this and i went so why are you not doing it 
She's like, oh, and she's like, oh yeah. I said yeah. So I've, I've, I, the reason I've put it in black and white is because you need it from a different perspective. Yes, we talk about it all the time. She goes, but I know all this. I said, well, why are you not doing it? Why are you not doing these things? And she, and that's why she needs me. You know, her chef came out and said, you know, you don't need to pay him all that money. I could have told you all this. And I said, and she's, and she said, yes, but why am I not doing it? She said. <laughs> but what I'm picking up from you, Steve, as well, is that you're very brutally honest with yourself. I have to be because I've got. And that's no where I believe it comes from. Yeah, I have to be, um, because there's because in the nicest possible way, everyone around me blows smoke up my ass. Because they, they, oh, you're such a great guy. You're this, that, and the other. I have faults too. Lots of them, but I'm aware of what, and that's why, you know, Catherine will say to me, you're so binary. I say, yes, binary with myself. That's <laughs> right. That's wrong. Um, I shouldn't be doing that. That's a waste of time. Actually, I shouldn't be watching Netflix because I've got to get this proposal done, but actually I don't want to do the proposal. I want to watch Netflix. <laughs> so, you know, get away from it, awareness. Yeah, it's I have a I have a strong level of self-awareness. Brilliant. You know, and I say people say to me, you know, like Nat will say to me, you know, you are the hardest working man I know. I said, no, I'm bloody lazy. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, you'll never stop working. I say, yeah. And then when I know I've got to get that proposal done and I'm sat watching Netflix, to me, I'm being lazy. But I'm being lazy because I need two hours out of work. So I'm doing just watching something I don't have to think about because then I can come back and be more focused on that. But I will still say to myself, I'm being lazy because I should push through on that. So I, I just think I've got I've got a good level of self-awareness um, and I'm, I'm, I put it down to Gary V. I didn't know about self-awareness till I heard Gary V talk about it. So then I literally went and watched every YouTube video and bought every book on it. <laughs> I just consumed them. As, as, and even to the point of like, this is crap and throw that one. This one's really good. And you know, I've got one over there now about self-awareness and there's so many post-it notes in it. Um, What's it called? Hang on. Bear with me. I will get it for you. Hang on. Good cool, man. It is brilliant. Right, I'm back. Right, it's not so much self awareness. It's called the Little Book of Emotional Intelligence. Ah, brilliant. That's the one. Love it. I think I've read that before. And literally, it's got bloody all these things in it. Uh, but I, I learn a, a level of self-awareness from that book, and it's just really simple. And to the point, I'm probably due to go through it again. There's a lot of books that I've... I am a... I'm, honestly, I've got, I've got an addiction to books. Me and it's really, It's really funny, because when, when I was a kid at school, it was like... It was like a race. I had to read every book that I could possibly get my hands on. And even before I went into high school, because when I was a kid, it was, you know, we went to high school from 11 plus. So and when I was in primary and junior school, I was reading everything. I became a free reader and I was going nuts on it. And I got to high school and I fell out of love with books because I was bullied. Yeah. And and it's only recently over these last few years that I've really got into books again. And. And it's funny because my daughter now, she's six years old. Well, she was six in July and she's now a free reader. And I'm like, holy, mm -hmm. you know, she, she was sat, we were sat, we were in um, London at the weekend and we were in, we were in Selfridges because her mum wanted to go into the, um, the makeup and clothes and what have you. So me and Ruby went to the book department and Ruby just picked up David Walliams and just started reading it. 
And I'm like, she's like 12 pages in. She said, Daddy, can I have this? I went, you can have it for Christmas. <laughs> 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 so you're not having it now. So she got the book, and but she was so into it. Yeah. And I'm like, fantastic. So for me, yeah, books and and stuff. Yeah, brilliant. The apple didn't fall far from the tree then with the reading. Yeah, I can't read very fast, though. I, that's the, I, you know, my, my other half, she'll read a book in a day. It'll, it'll take me weeks to read this because I'm so, because I literally take things apart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably, brilliant. The problem, I take things apart because I want to learn and implement, learn and implement, learn it. And it's just like, it's crazy. And going back to what you said earlier about spiritual stuff, the book that really got me into that was given to me from my first mentor um, in, spirit, in spiritualism. And it was called The Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. no. It, it, I couldn't get into it to start off with. And then I tried again a few years later and it was just, I was hooked. And I, I'm, the way I, I read well is I have um, an album on my phone. It's called Chakra Music. And I literally plug it in and there's about 15 tracks on and I can read, zone out and just read. And I know, so that's why I know with the on music, if I'm in work, I can get things on. And it's just, there's no words. It's just sound and noise. And I just can read. I can work. But I put that on and I read the Celestine Prophecy and there was and it's funny because there's things in that book where you can see energy in trees and you look at them. I'm driving down the road and I can see energy around trees and I'm like, holy moly. And it's so it's it's a great book if you get a if you if you get hold of a copy. Yeah, I fucking knew you were a tree hugger. I just knew there was something about you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking I knew you were I just knew it. Fucking knew there was something about this beard. Uh, I mean, I absolutely love what? Mine's getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's, no. it's fantastic. I'm beard envy. Uh, <laughs> you done it. You done the TED talks in 2018. Uh, the Harp Brand will save the world. I absolutely love it. Can we just touch a bit on that? I'm glad you love it. I bloody hate it. Dear. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. Uh, it just it, I got on that stage and it was too rehearsed. Yeah, it, I liked it. You know, you did look. You looked a bit nervous at the start. I thought. I was petrified. Yeah, but I, I love the content. See, I go for the content. What's the message? What's your spiritual intention? That's yeah. what I, it serves me. It was, for me, I loved the opportunity. I had the opportunity, and I sat in this room where I am now, and I rehearsed it. I had myself crying and everything in it. I was like, this is the TED Talk. But it, because it was so scripted, when I got on stage, it just wasn't me. Right. Um, and there was two good bloopers that they, they edited out. Um, and one of them was even even to the point where I said, well, they're not going to be able to bloody edit that one out, are they? And the whole audience just were, were laughing. Um, but they did. They managed to edit it out. And it just it was uncomfortable because of the, the it was scripted because mm. you have literally I had I, I had seven minutes to nail that talk. And the clock is about this big in yeah. front of you, a big red clock and it's counting down. And then I froze twice and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to run out of time. And then all of this just starts coming in your head. And it's just, oh, um, it was just uncomfortable for me. It was a great experience. I could say I'm a TEDx speaker. Um, but the, the best bit now is the fact that I get to work. So we've partnered with TEDx Norwich Ed. I see that, yeah. So that we, we you know, we, we now help with the selection process. Um, I run all the social media for the event and the marketing. Nat runs all of the operation side of things. Um, so that that's that's the bit i love now that's the real bit i love now fantastic well i think I, I i really enjoyed it i love your genuineness and the message that you put out 
Thank it's, you. It's, it's unreal that we people see it through different prisms, isn't it? And yeah. Historically, and I liked it because of the content you from another uh, point of view. And then I'm sure there's critics out there that had an opinion on it, but yeah, I'm sure. them, it's about the spiritual attention. Everyone said to me that they got a lot from it and they enjoyed the talk. And a lot of people on the day, uh, I got some great praise from it. Um, what I think was better from that perspective was I did a, a day after the night before video on YouTube and I'm sat in my car and you can see I'm completely exhausted. I'm sat in my car, I've got my hat on and I talk about the TED talk about how it went like this and it went like that and I didn't like it and this that, and the other and I did bits of B-roll and stuff to it and that was a better explanation and a better video of the whole experience and how it completely drained every piece of energy out of me. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, I was, I think the thing was on the build up to doing that TED talk was that we, I was working, I was build, doing the social for weeks, weeks beforehand. And then um, the night before I, we had rehearsals, but prior to that, we just got our brand new car four days before my other half dropped me in the city to have my hair and beard done ready for the, the following day for the TED talk. She came back and she smashed the car up. She, oh, she, no. she didn't even realize we we've got this um kia sportage lovely big thing but she just she tried she'd swerved to miss this guy and hit a bollard didn't realize she hit a bollard and just ripped the near side wing off <laughs> couldn't even open the door and i'm like what you done to the car so we had all of that she was in bits and then the morning before the uh before we started on ted um we we put so much activity through the Twitter account to try and get it trending before the doors opened that Twitter froze the account because they thought there was something hooky going on. <laughs> oh, and then 10 minutes before we were due to go live, Twitter, we had to transfer all the other content that we had scheduled onto the Big Daddy accounts. And then before we went live, 15 minutes before we had opened the doors, Twitter, I'd, because I'd been, tweet, I'd been contacting Twitter, they then un unlocked the accounts. So we had to transfer everything back over. And then literally I was the second guy to go on stage. I had all that to do. And we still managed to get it trained in and pull a TED Talk off. But I was just exhausted. And we ran then literally the whole day of that event was from I was I, I was in the building from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. So it was just solid 12 hours interviewing, running around Facebook lives, the whole lot. Um, I was just knackered. Yeah. But look, I'm sure that uh, the poison has now become your potion, you know, uh, mm. and grew from it. Yeah, definitely. There's so much from my TED talk that I can take. I mean, there's so much content I've got still to make as a result of that talk. Savage, fantastic. Come here, I'm very mindful of the time here and oh, you're good. a busy man. What's the one thing you would like people to take away from this after listening to the interview? To literally allow themselves to be them. It is, you know, don't give a monkeys about what other people say or think or do about you. Yes, take it on board because it's good to have other people's perspective. But before you make a change of yourself to please anybody else is literally sit in your seat, turn around and literally look at it from a different perspective because you will. Um, have you heard of Mel Robbins and the five second rule? It sounds familiar. I just not comment. Mel Robbins wrote a book called the five second rule and it's about getting yourself to take action on do something. And it's very much oh, yeah. like, like period five, four, three, two, one. And literally, if I'm listening to someone, I think, mm, I'm not sure. I count in my head, five, four, three, two, one. And I literally move my body. 
and it change it does something to some weird vortex or something in your brain i don't even know what it's called i couldn't tell you but i remember this and then i just think about it from a, or feel it from a different perspective and it's that movement it's the countdown and the movement that triggers something in your brain to consider it from a different perspective and i've sort of wired my brain to do that so my other half like she said to me earlier she's like you know yeah, this 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 okay okay before i answer Five, four, three, two, one, and just move. Even if it's just subtly, and think, okay, maybe she, maybe she's right. She might be bloody wrong, but actually, if I can just listen and then hear from me being in a different perspective, a different place, and it was, it's a really good friend of mine, a lady called Cindy Hearn, and she runs a radio show from the UK, but she's an American, and she runs an American radio show, and she's got a podcast called the Cindy Hearn Show, and she would be amazing on your podcast she taught her her tagline is i don't want to know what's on your mind i want to know what's in it cindy that's brilliant C- C- cindy hearn hate cindy uh, c-i-n-d-y h-u-r-n i'll do a connection with you guys she, oh, you listen wow. she talks and i've been on her radio show three or four times and the first 15 to 20 minutes she's setting the scene and everything and i am almost asleep because her voice is like chocolate She's from she's from Boston in America. You talking about chocolate again? Oh, mate, I'm addicted to stuff. I, I love the stuff. My other half. I know to get you for Christmas a tree and some chocolate. Mate, let me show you something. Hang on. Where is it? Oh. Look at the size of that. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Do you say that to all the girls? <laughs> honestly any type of chocolate i've got this thing at the moment with dark chocolate and hazelnuts in it oh it's lush but anyway but yeah that's 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 absolutely one question i forgot to ask what's your why in life my why is my my, the three women in my life my my partner catherine my daughter summer and my daughter ruby 100 percent. that's the only reason i get out of bed film back of the net i love it where can people find you if they want to look you up want to work with you want to get involved where do we go any all of my social platforms are at Mr. Steve Thompson. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, um, and the and Big Daddies are at Big Daddy Digital on, ev- on everything. So yeah, just we'll we'll, we'll 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 throw the links up on our, our show cool. notes. We put yeah. up social media and all that. Steve, I say this from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful for you giving me your time. Uh, I love the work you do. I love actually the growth that you've been on, whether it be spiritually, physically, mentally your personal life, you're honest and authentic. You're an awesome human being, man, and I, I genuinely mean that. And I, do you know what? I, I just must shout out to, to you, my man, because you sent me a message a few weeks ago, and I sat on the edge of my bed, and I said to Catherine, I said, look at this. And she looked at me. She said, you're crying. I went, I am. I am genuinely crying. This is beautiful. I said, because someone who I've never met before never spoken to before has just come out and just appreciated me and i said and that and like i said back to you in your message is was just that that that's my fuel that is absolutely my fuel you've seen something in me you know you've you've not you've not paid for a service you've not bought into anything it's just you've seen some content and you go i really appreciate this guy and that's what you said to me and that that's if I could live life on that and not have to pay bills, if it paid my bills, I'd be happy with that. I wouldn't charge anybody anything. It would just be, I'm appreciated. And that's all I ever want in life. And that really, really 
just just moved me and it's no word of a lie i sat on the on the side of my bed and catherine sat next to me she gave me a hug she, she said because you're crying i said yeah i am i said guy has touched me in my heart and i'm so so grateful for that message you sent me i really really am thank you oh, and you know what thanks very much for saying that it was a heartfelt message you know i really cared uh, and like you steve i do get people send me messages like that and uh, gentleman saying you know what you inspired me to do that and it's just lovely you know it's just it i really believe it's a collective unconscious i think we're all connected and the reason we're aligned is because we're both doing good work you know and i really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and passion with the world you know it's my absolute pleasure i love it i will say goodbye to you. thanks very much for coming on the podcast namaste you hug tree and hug <laughs> loving chocolate eating crazy man Right, but from a social perspective, before we do anything, gotta have a selfie with you. Beautiful, and I'm gonna put that out on on social later on. Thanks very much, Steve. Have a great evening. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, my man, take care. I'll, I'll send you. A, I'll send you a link to this. Then you have the recording of it. That's all I've got. Yeah, beautiful. Brilliant. I wish you well. Thanks very much, Steve. Have a great no worries, evening. Mate. You take care. Okay. You too. Thanks. Bye bye.